this is Audrey. I'm here to start this project on Bacon Beefcake. This is my introduction to the project. Actually, I mean, on this first episode, the world is in a pretty good I pose this question on Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry, the world is in a pretty good And I forced um, my 14 loyal followers to pick one of four options. So in ascending order, ascending, ascending. From least popular to most popular. Here's the results. Um, 7% of 14. So aka one person said that they would be doing opiates. Uh, two people dissociate it. Three people pleading. Um, and eight people eat a lot of cheeks. And I like Twitter polls because you know, usually people move on to them, and I like to feel some kind of connection to other people. Um, I also like this particular Twitter poll because the world's on fire, and I'm thinking a lot about different parts of my life and different ways in which I conceive of the end of the world and what I would be doing while the world was ending and here I am the world is kind of ending and this is what I'm doing um I guess I hope with this project to you know have people who known me and cared about me in, in different times of my life um, hear from me if they want to hear my thoughts about uh, things that I'm thinking <laughs> hear my thoughts about things that I'm thinking about about cultural products um, because dealing with the map the often very much political analysis uh, because they don't actually think I'm smart and shouldn't be <laughs> anyone's source for for actual political analysis. Um, but mostly I just kind of I want to connect to my friends in a way that it's hard for me to do without a reason to. I, you know, love to say hi, I love to check in. <laughs> to talk to me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess I want to post to you know, people I know who will be able to hear from me without the absolute horrors of having to keep up a conversation with me. The world is ending. What am I doing?
I guess I just want to ask about my, I guess, my flawing <laughs> tendency to feel like the world is ending, whether that's my world or, you know, uh, the world I exist in with other people or like the actual world. I don't know. It's hard to parse out those different perspectives on it, but I have always felt like everything feels really ending now. Uh, just over and over and over again. <laughs> I guess it starts from, you know, being a kid. I, I don't know how many people I've told this. I've told different people in different contexts this, but I was raised Southern Baptist. Um, I moved around a lot. So I, I didn't stay with one church, Dakota, First Baptist, whatever the fuck, wherever the fuck, in different counties or I got a certain seminary family and we were in Sunday school at one church and then we were on vacation Bible school at a different church and I think something that was pretty clear to me when I was a kid um, early on was that uh, evangelical Christianity in the United States uh, doesn't really feel that motivated by any theology except for like <laughs> the theology of the Republican Party in the United States. Um, it, it really was this floating point like of you know whatever was convenient so I could have like you know metaphysical questions or you know like read something from the bible hear a sunday school teacher somewhere give one take on it say yeah this is just what it is go to some different sunday school hear a different take, hear things that just, like, you know, I was really reading the Bible a lot, um, I thought it, it was interesting just to read the Old Testament, I thought it was really an interesting thing to study, and so when I, <laughs> I'd read things, and then I'd hear, like, what even as a kid felt like wacky shit, and have questions, and Sometimes they wouldn't be answered at all, or sometimes they'd just be like, it's a great question, but X, Y, Z, never felt like an answer. So, I guess one of the only things that I really got consistently from all these different, like, churches that had, you know, very little consistent, uh, theological anything outside of, like, trinity uh you have to get baptized you have to get saved um and all the other you know non-biblical <laughs> republican party bullshit like the only consistent thing that i could see was that jesus could come any day there was no way of knowing when he was coming but he 
know, we were supposed to be reassured that when he did come back, it was gonna be great and fine, as long as we weren't going to hell. <laughs> and uh, that was unsettling to me. I really wanted to be able to be an adult before I got raptured. I I was afraid that I wasn't gonna have a boyfriend before I got raptured. I wasn't gonna get to like finally leave and be independent and make my own decisions. Choices. I I also <laughs> you know, I didn't know what what going to heaven meant for like me like if I died if I either died as a kid or got raptured as a kid did that mean that I was going to be a kid in heaven forever and be stuck in a kid body with like uh, all of the capabilities that a kid is allowed because I didn't <laughs> I did not want to be a kid in heaven at all. I and I would read different things that you know weren't really any theological texts. Like sometimes it'd be like the equivalent of like chain emails and shit. Like there was no question to this what what will happen when I've shuffled off this metal coil, whatever. So all I knew was like, I don't want to be a kid, please. Jesus. Let the rapture happen after <laughs> I've had a boyfriend and I've gotten kiss someone and I get to be an adult so that when I'm in heaven I don't have to be treated like a kid anymore because I fucking hated being a kid. I really wanted to just be able to make my own decision, be in charge of myself. Um, that's what I wanted. Uh, and I, this just weighed on me a lot. Like, this, you know, I started to listen for, like, I heard a loud bang. It was a train by one of the first places I lived in early on. Um, as a kid and it happened regularly like the train passed through and I'd hear it not too close but pretty loud enough to hear <laughs> and I remember thinking three things every time I heard it it's just the train it's just the train and also <laughs> are those the <laughs> rapture trumpets the tornado siren because <laughs> I lived in, in Tornado Alley for a lot of my childhood and in the springtime and some of the summertime but most of the springtime it was like I thought I was going to die every single week because <laughs> there was you know like strong thunderstorms basically every single week with Bronx moving through I was really 
fascinated by the weather and meteorology, but mostly because I was terrified of tornadoes specifically. And I would listen to this tornado warning sound of the sirens and I'd look to see if there was any kind of, you know, I'd be glued to the TV watching there'd be this map in the bottom left corner of the local stations that would show the counties in the news area and if they were under any like watches or warning and so if they were under a tornado watch or a warning I would be listening for the siren and I've heard it you know many times I luckily I was never in a actual tornado like but you know I would cower basically in the safest place in the house which I would always know whichever house we were in I would know where the safest place was uh, because I didn't want to die in a tornado and one of the first very vivid memories I have of there being a tornado warning the sirens going off I'm cowering in the hallway, I was all contorted like they taught us to do in school, um, basically doing like a <laughs> child's pose, <laughs> uh, but covering my head and mouth with my tiny hands, and I was like freaking out, singing some like hymn, then another, I don't remember which one, just one that was easy enough to sing along because I'm kind of lowering myself to calm and then I remember trying to convince myself like wow I had a good life <laughs> I'm like eight or nine or something it's you know my time to go and um, I'll go to heaven <laughs> but I was trying my hardest to convince myself of that because I, I knew I wasn't ready to die. <laughs> I did not want to be a kid in heaven. <laughs> so, you know, this, this like these really severe thunderstorms would happen just about once a week for all the time that I lived in in Tornado Alley here, and I would try to remember each time that it happened that I had been through something like this before and I didn't die <laughs> but that was only so much comfort because I knew that it wasn't guaranteed the next time <laughs> so you know if we move to a different house find a new safest place and freak out while my parents would go stand out in the yard and point at like a flying car or something and I'm just weeping thinking I'm gonna die my parents are gonna get sucked up by the tornado because they won't come cower in the pantry with me and then I also just always aware of not any of the like real like end of the world like scenarios 
into like things that you know maybe I could have actually like been a wilderness scenario like an atomic bomb um like nuclear everything um when I was a kid that wasn't really a pressing concern for me and in the middle of the country I thought yeah I don't live in anywhere where any of these perceived like national security threats would be a problem for me um so it that that does kind of boggle my mind today that uh, people that live in the middle of the no uh, in the middle of nowhere think that they are under constant threat and nobody really cares about their small town i digress i saw a national enquirer in the grocery store one time again in my hometown and it was <laughs> something to the effect of like Nostradamus's predictions for the end of the world and I didn't like buy the magazine but I was just like stunned like reading this thing about the end of the world and I missed it on this year on the next December the world's over I guess my first memory of one of these types of events was June 6, 2006. 666. And I think there was some like coverage on Today or something like that about it being 666 and all this going on around the world. And in that movie, um, the days leading up to it and the day of, I remember I was like, Dropping on the couch in the living room and watching the just daytime TV. And um, it was a little bit more than that. And I tried to remember that um, when I started hearing about 2012 being the next potential day for the world. <laughs> and so I kind of held 2012 in the back of my mind. Um, you know, I wanted to think like, no, if it didn't end on 666, like why would it end in 2012? I tried to ground myself in the, what, the Bible or at least the Baptist church people were telling me that, you know, you can't really know when the rapture is gonna happen, there's no way of knowing, all you're supposed to know is you're like scanning you and I would read about all of these like apocalyptic like predictors across time how they would of course fail <laughs> to predict it. So I thought, you know, no one can no one can really predict this, so is it's probably gonna be fine. But it still weighed on me. <laughs> I was doing the math on where I would be in 2012. Uh, and I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna be in high school. By then, hopefully I, I'll have a, a boyfriend. Or at least I'll have kissed someone. So, it'll be slightly less bad of a world end then. Because 
eight-year-old that got to experience nothing except for like being a kid <laughs> which again as a, as a kid I hated it I hated it so much I just wanted to be in charge of myself um and on the way to 2012 uh 2008 happened <laughs> and you know I was in this this first Baptist church community and they were different people that were family friends and church elders or whatever were saying <laughs> um, Jesus is coming back because it looks like Barack Obama is about to be elected and so that must mean that the rapture is happening and I was getting like chain texts that were like, okay, every Republican needs to hide their Bible <laughs> after Obama got elected. Um, he's gonna come in and take your Bible. <laughs> and I mean, I think that that is something that sticks in my head is a moment where I was definitely not gonna keep being a Baptist for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, even though I was baptized uh really studious really cared about being involved in the church um at that point when they were saying that obama was the antichrist uh it was definitely not gonna work for me so i you know my doubts in that that faith grew bigger and bigger and bigger and um eventually moved uh out to California, and that really just pushed me to uh, reject Christianity um, really aggressively. I hated it. I, I hated everything that came out of me being in, involved with the church, and um, I was embarrassed by it. A lot of it was dramatic and upsetting, which I don't talk about but you know I just went into that edgy atheist high schooler thing and um it's also not good like I was you know um maybe at that point I thought like the world wasn't gonna end in any defined way like the apocalyptic first baptist people were were trying to convince me of like so even even with all this like edgy high school atheist like oh you're fucking stupid if you think there's anything spiritual or mystical and explaining like like what's gonna happen in the future and what the what the prognosis is for humanity I still like went through December twelfth or no December twenty first twenty twelve and I was uneasy the whole time like there was no comfort in posturing as like god is stupid there's no end of the world like that's stupid it's not gonna be a rapture or whatever um i was watching all these like zombie movies um and basically like zombie movies uh uh pandemic the flash game that pandemic movie with matt damon <laughs> i was 
I was still interested in like the end of the world without it being the biblical rapture or apocalypse. And I would watch all the like seminal zombie movies and kind of like take mental notes and think like, what would I be doing? Zombie apocalypse is coming. What am I doing? Because the thought exercise sometimes is like fun, but also sometimes is like, maybe I need to seriously prepare for this. And on the younger end of when I was thinking these things, I was thinking, okay, like, I I watch all these movies and I don't need to. Even though, you know, I'm a kid and I wouldn't have been in charge of that. But I was trying to be prepared and I would think, like, how how am I going to prepare for this? I'm going to try to survive. I want to su- survive as long as I can. I want to make it through it. And the more I'd watch all these movies and read comic books or whatever, I just got more and more to this point where I'm like, I'm not going to try to survive this. Um, hopefully I'll all have a boyfriend and I'll lose my virginity and I'll do some type of drugs. I don't know. I'll smoke a cigarette, get really drunk or something, do things I haven't been able to, and then I'll just kill myself. Because <laughs> why would I try to survive a zombie apocalypse? There's no point. Like, there's no point. <laughs> So, you know, all this time, I had been thinking that the end of the world was going to be a cataclysmic event followed by complete chaos, um, absolutely terrifying as soon as it starts all the way through. Maybe you'll find, like, a, an uneasy equilibrium um, for yourself or for your family, but... Uh, and, you know, that that trope of, like, maybe I'll have this utopian community where there'll actually be a lot of evil and <laughs> have a fall apart. Um, and now, you know, after not being a nine-year-old or a 16-year-old and learning some stuff about the natural sciences and learning stuff about history and and watching what's happening right now, um, like, today, this day, uh, it's not gonna be on the Switch, <laughs> it hasn't been a Switch, we've had, like, a seemingly cataclysmic event in, in that there's a pandemic, but, um, you know, I'm still sitting on my laptop, <laughs> drinking iced coffees, <laughs> sitting for my iPhone um but I I know things are crumbling now um I don't think that the United States is going to continue <laughs> I'm you know I'm born and raised in the United States gonna live in the United States probably until I die um I don't think that it's the end of the world if the United States doesn't continue to exist. Like, I honestly, I think the world would be probably be better off. Uh, Well, I know that the world would be better off without the United States, but I just don't know what path there is from today to no United States where uh, anyone interested in keeping the U.S. empire alive 
will just let it slowly die. So <laughs> it's much more likely that, you know, in the, it's like dying flame, it's gonna unleash uh, even more horrors than it does every single fucking day than it has in the last hundred, two hundred, four hundred years. Um, like, it's, it's deeply uncertain to me what awful shit the US will do as it falls apart as it is right now. Um, you know, and if, if what I'm reading, other people are reading today from the people who are ostensibly at the helm of, of everything or will be in, in six days, I, I don't think it's gonna be pretty <laughs> whatever happens. Um, it, it sucks. Like, living now fucking sucks in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I kind of feel like I, in some way, I, I got to live in maybe the most fun period of life in this, like, Imperial core. Um, I also feel like this fun is dying out too, which it should, it, you know, it, it's, it's only been fun for people like me because it's been fucking brutal to so many people that I don't even know. Um, so, you know, all of this is to say, I feel like the end of fun is near. <laughs> it's been a hard uh, time trying to cope with that. Um, and I guess now I just kind of want to keep the people, like I said, who who know me and who care about me and who don't hate me posted on on what my thoughts are and what I'm paying attention to and I, I, I hope that I can use this project to uh, bring people I'm friends with on have conversations um, maybe just lighthearted ones that are fun about corny cultural products uh, and maybe slightly less lighthearted conversations about things that are going on if you know me, you know I'm just fucking corny and way too earnest and I've always been too invested in being or seeming cool and I've never ever been successful at being and probably sometimes <laughs> seeming cool and I, I look back at, at all of the things, <laughs> almost all of the things I invested my time in and usually deeply embarrassed about them and I'm like why why did I think this was so deep why did I spend so much time on this why did I think this was so profound and I just want to use this this project this talking to stop being embarrassed <laughs> um share in some embarrassment connect to my friends across so much time so many different places and contexts and talk together or by myself about the things that you know as, as we're in these dying embers the things that stuck with me and the things that the nostalgic things that embarrass me um you know in this last 
perhaps tiny amount of time that I might have for fun. I want I want to get all these thoughts out before I basically decide that there's no point. <laughs> um so yeah, if you like that idea, if you want to come on with me talk about some horny shit, some big deep shit. Uh you know, a personal anecdote or three. I would love to talk to you. Um, and I really just want to have a place for my friends, my loved ones, to hear from me. And I want to hear from them. Um, so I think that that's it for this intro. Um, I'd also prefer, you know, <laughs> if you don't like it, don't listen to it. If it sounds corny, don't listen to it. Uh, and 